pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the podcast of this week's One Life Left. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. Hello. Um, well, phew, we're right up against it then. I'm not sure what you're going to cut out. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's not like last week where there were obvious bits we had to cut out. Uh, exactly. Week, I don't know. We we went into today's show. Um, it is weird to do the recap as the first bit, isn't it? Maybe it's natural. Yeah. We went into today's show thinking... We have nothing to talk about. What are we going to do? And you said, well, let's see. <laughs> and then we started. We started, yeah. Well, I thought, because we said we'd agreed that we'd not played any video games, I was talking longer at the end, uh, mm. thinking that that was all we were going to do. I didn't realise that you were going to bang on about your new obsession. <laughs> um, the one yeah. thing uh, we did, that we didn't have a chance to mention was, uh, did you see what happened on Twitter yesterday? I did not see what happened on Twitter yesterday. Well, let me tell you about what happened on Twitter yesterday. Um, take a step back a few months. There was a uh, a story about um, uh, Team 17 and some of the stuff that had been going on there. And um, one of the most unusual uh, statements to emerge from that was that, um, that uh, members of staff at Team 17 were asked to do uh, some Christmas present wrapping for some of the senior people there, um, which was surprising. Um, was surprising. And also, and also not appropriate. And everybody was up in arms about that. Well, Steve, hypocrisy in the games industry, because yesterday on Twitter, um, Keith Stewart, the Guardian's games Keith Stewart, tweeted basically that he, that he was unable to get to Record Store Day uh, 2022. Um, and if anybody... Uh, saw a copy of the breakdance soundtrack on vinyl. Could they buy that for him? So the so the Guardian Games is getting people to do it shopping for it. Where does this stop? Where does this stop? And somebody did. Well, maybe we should ask him <laughs> to see where it stops. He if he's doing this correctly. So that's been proven. And next week he should increase his demands. Right. <laughs> I'm unable to get to Sainsbury's this week. Exactly. <laughs> Here are the items on my weekly shop. <laughs> exactly. Running low on contraceptives. <laughs> I've got the breakdance album to stick on tonight, so you know things are, things are gonna get sexy. He's got he's got his plastic mat out and he's ready to do ready to do some caterpillars and spin on his head. <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyway, that's what happened yesterday. Um, unbelievable, I thought. 
uh, and sadly didn't get a chance to mention that in the show. Um, mm. Yeah, that was that, really. Um, good show, I think. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Good. Yeah, thank good. you, Simon. Thank you, Steve. Well, uh, and thank you, listeners. Uh, please do. Um, so we, uh, you will notice uh, later on that we don't have many letters. Um, if you are a listener and you have anything to contribute to the show, please do email team at onelifeleft.com. Uh, join the Discord. Uh, links will be in the show uh, show notes. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're talking about getting out and about a bit more this year as well. So we're hopefully going to be at a few events. So if you see us there, please do say hello too. Uh, anything else to add, Steve? I think that's it, Simon. Okay, let's get on with the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left. My name is Steve Curran and this is Britain's oldest video game radio show. Hello, my name is Simon Byron and this is Britain's oldest video game radio show as well. I sort of mixed up the intro there a bit. You did. You threw me. I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to wear. How are you? Well, I'm good. Everything is different this week because um, very, very observant listeners is that what it's called when you listen to something observant because that's eyes isn't it yeah uh what would the equivalent uh, of the ears be um or deservant ear servant ear servants yes sounds better servant listeners Ear-servant listeners will not be able to hear the sounds of south london in the background right now and that's because i'm not in south london i'm at my parents house what? In the northwest of England. We have done a show from here before, haven't we, Simon? We have. I've been up there, actually. <laughs> I have been up there. But we didn't do a show when I was there. Um, uh, well, uh, how's that? How are things up there? I, 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 actually, ear servant listeners will be frustrated because there's a separate... Um, I'm not sure if you've been invited. There's a separate uh, channel on the Discord where we count up the number of... Uh, Cars driving by, <laughs> gunshots that we can hear in in London, like drug dealers, um, and uh, you know there's a there's a weekly sweepstake. Uh, mm. You've, I mean, your windows have survived a lot longer than 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 some imagined. Um, but uh, yeah, so you're right. So you've so you've moved permanently, have you? I have not. I'm here for the weekend uh, in. Beautiful Lytham St Anne's, and it's nice. It's nice. I went for a walk along the beach today. Oh, okay. You you aren't where I thought you were then, are, are you? No, no. Right. I'm so not in so you're, Stockport. You're, no, you're not your parents. Stockport Beach. Um. Oh, okay. Where's so where where's that exactly? Where are you? And why so, why why am I finding out on the radio? I thought we were closer <laughs> than this. Uh, so I'm in Lytham St Anne's, which is a, a coastal town near Blackpool. So in the oh, I, li- I do like Blackpool. Right, and it's the same. It's the town where my parents retired to 
after leaving oh. Stockport, which is the location you visited, uh, when you last for me to bothered find... to see my parents. What a way for me to find out your parents have moved. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's, it's a show full of cliffhangers already, isn't it? Mm. Are they enjoying their retirement? I think so. I'm not sure they're enjoying me visiting and interrupting it. Uh, oh, I, I bet it. it's a novelty, isn't it? They're, they're, they're um, ear-servant listeners, aren't they? <laughs> Tuning in every week to find out what their son's up to. Uh, it's a good question. You know what? I, again, we mentioned this on the show the other day, how it's a very good tactic when you're talking to someone to drop in a story that you've told on the radio show and see whether they they react and say, oh, you know, I, I heard this on the radio show. Um they did not react when I did that, which in one sense is good because I can get, I can wheel out all the old anecdotes we've road tested on the radio. Uh, in another sense, it's quite disappointing. They do listen to the bits with their granddaughter in, um, but that's because <laughs> that's because my partner clips them out of the radio show and sends them to. Uh, Unbelievable! To I don't think I don't yeah. think my parents listen anymore. Did they used to? They did, yeah. They used to get, uh, take, have a glass of wine by their pool in Florida, <laughs> listen to us ramble on. Uh, but uh, yeah, Mum, if you if you do still listen, can you just let me know? I've not heard from her for a couple of weeks actually. But uh, Mum, if you are listening, just uh, just drop me a note, eh? Mm. I would do the same uh, right now, but I suspect they will listen to this episode because the fear was uh, with their granddaughter sleeping in the room next door, they'd be able to hear. Or my fear was that. You know, our listeners would be able to hear her especially loud. Uh, and they may tune into this episode just just for, you know, some more observance of uh, of <laughs> I'm disappointed they're not there as a live audience, actually. Sheer and heckle for the zoo, zoo radio happen. style. Uh, but I have had a lovely time. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, so I went to the beach. I saw a lifeboat, Simon. Okay. Uh, mm. Was it rescuing someone? It was not. It had gone out for exercises, uh, been towed out across the long beach out to out to sea, and they'd, you know, had a bit of a lark out there, I imagine, and then uh, brought the boat home. Are there any arcades up there? There are. Uh, I've been to Lytham Pier uh, a couple of times. Simon, I, in fact, let's talk about this in the Any Other Business section later in the show. Okay. That'll give us okay. something to talk about. Relevant to video games, and this right. is a video game radio show, so we do do we do occasionally do relevant stuff. We'll have the news in a second. Later on, we'll have the letters, and then we will have a review section, which may be a struggle. <laughs> it's been a busy week for me, uh, and I've I've not played any games. Mm. But you launched a game this week. I did launch a game this week. I launched a game on Thursday. So we can talk about that later in the show as well. Okay. It's going to be packed full. Actually, talking about people listening, um, the, the weather has improved uh, where I am. And so it's it's quite a warm evening. Obviously, I'm broadcasting from the uh, shed. I did notice on the way up that my neighbours, uh, they sit at the, at the rear of their garden. Um, that's where their barbecue is. And that's where the sun uh, lingers the longest. Uh, so they might be listening live. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> this you will remember uh, Demo from uh, the tales of uh, him having two phones when with their uh, Pokemon Go. So I like that you've literally dropped your voice and you're leaning in close <laughs> to the mic now. <laughs> Can't be too careful. You got the neighbours. You got the neighbours out there. You got my publishing rivals out the back walking their dogs. <laughs> 
All right, uh, let's do the news. Simon, you said you'd found four stories this week. I have at least one, uh, so maybe you should start. Okay, from videogameschronicle.com, uh, written by Chris Scullion. Sega is working on big-budget reboots of Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio, according to a new report. Bloomberg cites sources which claim that the two reboots will be the first titles in Sega's Super Game initiative, a five-year strategy involving what executive VP Shuji Utsumi has previously called the development of AAA titles that cross over Sega's comprehensive range of technologies. I mean, I do prefer the snappier. Um, <laughs> um, according to the new report, both games are in the early stages of creation and could yet be cancelled. I mean, guys, 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 can you do the reboots of uh, Jess and We might cancel it. Um, uh, but it's... Can you imagine being, being one yeah, of the love to, love dev to. team? Just, you know, really excited. Just so, uh, you know, you come in as the, as the producer and you're like, right. Um, so, news is breaking in the press of our of our title. You might not want to read it. <laughs> like, because Don't read it. Pick up a copy of Edge. Just turn to the spread about Jet Set Radio Next or whatever it's called. <laughs> Third paragraph. It might be cancelled. It might be cancelled. But it's believed that the new Crazy Taxi has already been in development for more than a year, with the aim being to potentially release it in 2024 or 2025. Bloomberg sources claim that Sega is using Fortnite as a template for what it intends to <laughs> achieve with these games, with plans to make them free-to-play, available over a number of systems, multiplayer featuring various items and events designed to encourage spending on microtransactions. Um... Earlier this month, uh, Utsumi clarified Sega's plans for the Super Game Initiative, explaining that it actually refers to multiple games. Uh, previous reports had suggested it might be a single title and that some of them could incorporate cloud or NFT technology. So, Steve, we're going to step back from the news story now. and I'm going to, uh, So I'm going to tell you that there are four criteria for a Sega Super Game, OK? Four criteria. Can you tell us what those are? Are these criteria that have been stated by Sega themselves? Uh, yeah, according to Utsumi, a super game title has to meet four main criteria. Is one of them to do with the budget? No, well, there's uh, there's an indirect... Uh, I, I'm, I think I'm going to give you that. Um, okay. It, so point, point four is it needs to be a AAA title. Right, sure. Okay. What about the number of platforms that it's Oh, on, Steve, you're good at this. That's okay. point number one, multi-platform. Okay. Um, I, I, I assume multiplayer must be one of them no. as well. Really? No, you can be, it's not, that's not necessary to be a super game. Okay. Um, uh, so, <laughs> ongoing development. So, not just shipped as a box and then forgotten about, but some kind of community i'm really sort of <laughs> i'm trying to morph this point uh, to something else all right tell me two and three i'm gonna give you them uh well the other two are actually um i think most games do this uh point two is global multi-language development 
and okay. point three is simultaneous worldwide release. I mean, so that's just uh, mo- most most big games. Yeah, it's just most most AAA games, isn't it? That's. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I think your points would be more valid there. Mm. Um, how do you feel about these super games then that might be cancelled? Steve, Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio. Hundred taxis on an island. That's exactly. what they're going for. Hundred spray painting. <laughs> Uh, um, rollerbladers on an island. I think that it makes... I I understand the strategy. So what I get from that is they are saying, okay, rather than just thinking of these as isolated titles that we will put out and, you know, our creative works aimed in a kind of almost a... almost a Hollywood... Uh, way of just releasing something and maybe it's a success and it earns a lot of money or maybe it's a failure they're looking at putting out things that amount to the way that uh, I know that one of our friends who works at, at Epic has described Fortnite to us is as an industry in itself right it's no longer a game but it is a genre right it is it's not a thing that got released and they're still supporting but it's a thing that they are just building and building and building and you are not a uh, a, a, you know, a, a gamer who likes Fortnite, you are a Fortnite player. That is your kind of identity. And I guess that is their strategy. What they want to build is a ecosystem where the core dynamic is racing taxis around. But there's all kinds of stuff they can plug into that and keep people engaged. So you look, look at, you know, GTA Online versus GTA uh, is is the model they're going for here, I imagine. Um is Crazy Taxi a good fit? It seems like a better fit than Jet Set Radio to me. Um, but both of those things could work if you build that community uh, and you get people logging on initially to play the game, um, but ultimately to stay in a social experience. Like That's what keeps people there. They come for the game and they stay because they're clan is there for want of a better word they're you know they're friends that's why Fortnite wins because it's it's a social uh, network effectively and that's what you have to build now around two franchises which are you know more than 20 years old and haven't had a decent update since then or they could just be cancelled <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, Sega get in touch if you want if you want if you want us to explore those two options more for you, uh, we'll happily do that on the Team show. Team at onelifeleft.com. All right. Um, I've got a news story which had the indies on Twitter up in arms this week. This Ooh. is from, <laughs> I want to say, regular contributor to One Life Left via her job at Eurogamer. Uh, Vicky Blake writes this. Apple says apps that haven't been updated in two years will be removed from sale. Apple have notified developers that apps and games that have gone two full years without an update may be at risk of being removed from the App Store. The change comes as part of Apple's App Store Improvement Scheme, which aims to make the online shop easier to use and ensure customers find great apps that fit their needs, that are compatible with newer iOS devices. Um... So uh, there's an example of an email that's been sent to a company called Protopop Games. Apple reportedly said, this app has not been updated in a significant amount of time and is scheduled to be removed from sale in 30 days. No action is required for the app to remain available to users who have already downloaded the app. You can keep this app available for new users to discover by submitting an update for review within 30 days. If no update is submitted within 30 days, 
the app will be removed from sale. Well, as you might imagine, Protopop Games were livid. Here's some quotes from a tweet uh, from them. I feel sick. Uh, Apple just sent me an email saying they're removing my free game, Motivoto, because it's more than two years old. This is not cool. Console games from 2000 are still available for sale. This is an unfair barrier to indie devs. Did you see this, Simon? I did see this, Steve. Um, And, yeah, it's just strange. I mean, are they removing any albums that are more than two years old? Are they going to remove any films that are too, that are more. I mean, in some sense, I'd quite like that because it means there would be so so much so much to choose from sometimes. But uh, but I think I that's kind what? of what they're going for, isn't it? Like they're trying to remove the clutter from the app store. That seems to be their policy. There, there's so much there, um, and this seems a still seems a very weird way to go about it. Yeah, and the other well, the other thing is that they, um, I guess uh, that as they continue to release uh, new hardware that won't necessarily need to uh, 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 won't need to keep supporting all the old versions of but, the SDKs and stuff like yeah, that. I I don't buy that like as a reason because uh, you know we published pixelgrams uh, a couple of years ago on iOS and Apple email you regularly and say your game is no longer compatible with this and will be removed if you know if you do not update it and so we've you know, constantly battled to update. That is another hurdle for indie devs, and it'd be great if that didn't exist. I understand why it does. Um, but, yeah, this seems... It, it seems very strange that you can publish a simple, compact work that requires very little of the, you know, tech um, and may be stable forever, and then is removed because it doesn't fit that kind of model of constantly being updated. Yes. Um, have we have Apple officially commented to the uh, uproar or not? Has there been any any word from them about like whether this is uh, for all apps or whether it's just this this particular one? It does affect all applications, not just games. Um, and uh, further down the Eurogamer article, there is a quote from them. Uh, Apple, which says, to make it easier for customers to find great apps that fit their needs, we want to ensure that all apps available on the App Store are functioning and up-to-date. You know, up-to-date is the problematic part there for me. Um, Yeah, so... uh, I don't don't know. Like, (laughs) it feels wrong to me. I... You know, I was about to say that, like, it would feel less wrong if if it was apps that hadn't been interacted with for... Because obviously they have the data around this, so they can say, OK, this app is not just, you know, not updated by the dev, but it hasn't been downloaded for, uh, for two years or whatever. Um, and that would seem more explicable. But even that, you know, it, even if your game has an audience of one, it feels like it should exist yeah. should be allowed yeah. to exist on, in that ecosystem well and, and particularly that, um you that devs need to pay an annual subscription to apple to keep their games on the store anyway don't they <laughs> yeah don't so they? maybe they're, yeah. they're saving you money in many ways yeah i suppose yes uh doesn't it's it's far from ideal uh, so from videogameschronicle.com, uh, Chris Scullion again. The art director and character designer for the Metal Gear series has revealed that he dreams of one day designing a car. 
In an interview in the latest issue of Edge magazine, Yoji Shinkawa was asked if he has any more career goals, given that he's enjoyed a level of success and recognition that many artists could only dream of. One day, I would like to design a car, Shinkawa replied. A real car. This has been a long-held ambition of mine. I like this story because uh, I thought this this could be the first in an entry of like, you know, what do successful game devs want to do next? Like, does Mike Bithell want to open a bakery? You know, like... <laughs> This is a podcast Dan, for you, Simon. Well, it could be. Dan Marshall, you know, we, uh, he's, we, 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 we all know that, he's the, the, that he, he works out to one life left. Uh, but, you know, maybe he wants to become a personal trainer. Do you think he still works out to one life left? Well, we'll find out next week, won't we? Go on, Dan. Go on. <laughs> you can do it. Keep going. Uh, so there we go. That's a nice, I thought that was a nice, crazy story. Uh, we're good. And I hope that uh, he gets to do it one day. Designs a car, a real one. Talking <laughs> of cars. <laughs> talking of cars. Twisted Metal creator David Jaff has claimed that he rejected an offer from Tencent to direct a game with a $100 million budget because of his views on the Chinese government. Uh, this is from VideoGamesChronicle.com. Again, uh, Jordan Midler wrote it. Speaking on the Sacred Symbols Plus podcast, paywalled, transcribed by VGC, now read out by One Life Left, the director of the original God of War discussed how he felt uncomfortable dealing with the company after receiving an offer from it. A hundred million deal, he claimed. He claimed. <laughs> I was courted by a, a Chinese company and I said, no, thank you, because you're Tencent and I want nothing to do with you. It was bad because it was the Western <laughs> Tencent and it was... A Western guy that I respect and that was calling me. And I wasn't trying to shame the guy. I hope he's got thick enough skin and he's been an executive in the business way longer than I have. But I was just like, man, I don't want to do business with a company like that, with a government like that. Later in the podcast, as Moriarty and Jaff discussed the increase in money being invested in studios across the industry, Jaff elaborated on some of the reasons why he turned down the 10 cent deal. Stop killing people, he said. Again, people will be like, America's hands aren't clean. No, they're not clean at all, but we're also not, you know, we all have a system that if we really gave an S, we could change it. In China, you just get picked up off the street if you go online and say something bad about the police or the government or anything, and who knows where they'll see you again. Um, and then there's an update. Following the publication of this story, Jaff also shares what appears to be correspondence with the aforementioned Tencent executive in which he further explained his decision to turn down the offer. Uh, so there's a follow up tweet uh, where he says, being accused of making up the Tencent thing. Man, I'm so sorry. Some of you guys have been so harmed by the media. I get it <laughs> that you don't know who to trust. But love, like or hate me, I don't lie. And I always save the receipts. And he's posted a um, a screenshot that says, um, well, I mean, you know, I don't think this would be admissible in a court of law because it's a screenshot of a conversation that uh, there's no context to it. But it says, with you, question mark, always about this opportunity, I have to very respectfully pass. Um, and it doesn't then, so sound he, like yeah, he's he, being very respectful right now. <laughs> well, uh, he continues, there's a voice in my head from several years back yelling at me going, are you an... F in moron, Jaff. Big AAA game, great resources, great experience management. You got rocks in your head? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. Uh, these days, though, I'm so loving what I'm doing with my stream show videos and building this online community that I just don't want to break away from it. I may never be able to get off the launch pad, but it's where my heart is going right now, and I'd be harming that and not giving you guys my all if I were to pursue your insanely cool opportunity. 
If I ever get this thing out of my system and do want to jump back in, I hope you'll still want to take my calls. Uh, he continues, I honestly can't square this China thing in my head. I know a lot of people do, and that's kind of the proper pragmatic and only sane way to live in such a connected society, but no one ever accused me of being sane. Yeah. Uh, that, got, so, that got bang on, bang on a thousand likes. Uh, and that seems to be where David Jaff is going, right? Um, he He seems to be positioning himself now as the Joe Rogan of the video game industry he's just he's just saying what he thinks he's just saying what he thinks and if the man doesn't like it the man doesn't like it then that's not his fault and you're welcome to not listen you know it's free country it's free world except some parts of it david jaff would say um <laughs> that, and uh every uh, you know every week there seems to be another uh another story about something slightly controversial he has said on his show, or in this case, someone else's, at some point, you might ask yourself why he is saying controversial things uh, and whether he has seen, like all outlets, uh, this is how you draw more people to your feed, by saying things that you know might make people a little bit cross uh, and rely on the sort of uh, oxygen of publicity, which is why we've kept him anonymous throughout this story. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that won't that won't get you on one life left, David. <laughs> yeah. Nice try, David. <laughs> uh last news story uh from me, videogameschronicle.com. Chris Scullion, he's been busy this week, hasn't he? Sega has confirmed that specific modes, features, and even visual elements in Sonic Origins will be locked away as premium additions. In a new table on the game's official website, it's revealed that there are three separate DLC packs which each add new features. Whilst the standard $39.99 edition of Sonic Origins includes the main game itself, players will also need the Start Dash Pack, Premium Fun Pack, and Classic Music Pack if they want everything the game has to offer. The Start Dash Pack is free uh, DLC, but is only included if players pre-order the game, while the others two are paid DLC. Uh, it's not yet clear if it's possible to unlock Mirror Mode and the hard missions through normal gameplay uh, and DLC just unlocks them instantly or whether the DLC is the only way to obtain them. Uh, it appears the easiest way to get all three DLC packs is to pre-order the digital deluxe edition of the game, uh, which costs uh, $44.99. So, Sonic Origins Steve is a retro compilation which includes Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic CD, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, and Sonic and Knuckles. Um, and don't you just love it these days, Steve, when a a publisher has to produce a grid so that you can understand what, you, <laughs> what, you, what, you, what you're buying and what you oh, need to buy? Um, I find it so dismal whenever this happens. And there's usually these days... Three price points. Uh, there's often three fr- price points on the Steam page. Uh, one of them is the soundtrack. Never buy that. But then there's often a, a version of the game, and there's a, a you know an improved version of the game. And more often than that, the anxiety it causes me, not wanting to miss out on the right variation on this, or feeling that when I'm playing the game, I'm not having the full experience, causes me to go, all right, f it. I'm just going to play something else instead. Um, I, I, yeah, I find it really manipulative and annoying. I totally agree. This seems like an extraordinary amount of effort for a four, a five dollar DLC. Mm. Like when you take the sales uh, tax and um, 
uh, platform fees out of it, you know, Sega will only be getting, what, three dollars uh, when it's at full price um whilst uh, uh, at the same time creating a load of resentment about what they're doing <laughs> so uh is it worth it i mean i guess i guess we'll find out but um, maybe yeah, but it very, may, very strange it may be they're just doing this for a learning exercise as well as part of their super game uh, super game strategy uh and all of this gets folded into um whatever's next um yeah, I, I, it's it's definitely uh, frustrating, frustrating to me as well. Um, is that it, Simon? I think that's it, isn't it? That's it. Of course, you know you can get some extra, but some premium fun news if you send us five dollars <laughs> extra. <laughs> but for now, for you normal lots, uh, that's the end of the news. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantlebury. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. You are listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show. been broadcasting for some number of years. Uh, 16 or 17 or something like that. And uh, we're very grateful to Resonance for still letting us do that. We're also a podcast. You can find us at www.onelifeleft.com. And on that site, you'll find the show notes, which will include links to the things that we've talked about in the show, uh, notes on the music, if indeed you are listening to this live and there is music. And it'll also have a link to the Discord where our regular, regular listeners sit, chat about video games and try and count the number of cars they hear in the background of the show. Do you want to buy some drugs? That's my impression of of South London. South London. (laughs) Very good. Thanks. It's very good. It's like being home. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. So we have... uh, Wait, should we do the letters now and then talk? We'll do the letters now. Let's do the letters now. Or should we not? What do you I, was, think? I was being well. I was being quiet, so you can drop the you can drop the music jingle in or not. It's up to you. All right, I'm dropping the music jingle in now. Okay, I haven't actually checked the Discord, so I have no idea if we have any letters there. I've yeah, seen one I in could... the inbox, though. Oh, have you? I thought I'll... I thought I'll there was one from my. Um, I might be wrong. Oh, here we go. Um, Zuba has written. uh, Hello, team and possible SSG. Happy Easter. 
I really enjoyed the rare Easter edition of One Life Left. The second coming of Dead Island 2, emerging from the cave of developmental hell, wanted me to ask. With your decades of experience reviewing and previewing games, has there ever been something complete and ready that you have had your hands on that never saw the light of day? Something juicy that the statute of limitations would have long been expired for. Love the show, Zuba. Uh, that's a great question. Really uh, good question. Um, I have, I played the Game Boy Color conversion of Resident Evil, which was never launched. <gasps> You played, but you don't have it. No, I don't have it. No, I had a pre-release cart from the developer. I don't know what happened or why it never came out. I don't, I don't even know if it ever resurfaced um, like these things have a tendency to do. But yeah, that was a full... It was so accurate. You could play it through with a PlayStation walkthrough. That would have gone wow. through. Yeah, yeah, it was the full game. Um, so why wasn't uh, it released? Don't know. Um, I I suspect uh, some yeah somebody somewhere went like because it you know I remember playing the original Resident Evil. Um, I'd I'd recently moved to London. Uh, I was playing it and I was living in a in a in a house share. I had a tiny bedroom. You could touch all of the wall. You could, I could touch f- the four of the walls from my bed. That's how that's how <laughs> small the room was. And uh, I, I, um, I had a small TV on a shelf at the bottom of my bed and I remember playing Resident Evil uh, through uh, in, late into the night and at points just going, why are you doing this? Like, it's terrifying. Um, which the Game Boy version wasn't, obviously, mm, yeah. because uh, <laughs> uh, you're playing on a t- tiny screen trying to make yeah. out exactly what was going on. Um, if memory serves, it was... Um, uh, it may have had a slightly different perspective as well. So perhaps somebody took a look at it. It got it got it got to got on, landed on someone's desk for approval, and they went, "That's not going to scare Simon in his tiny bedroom, is it?" <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know, but it was finished. Um, I can't remember anything specifically. Nothing that I have anymore. I have uh, in one of my cupboards at home a couple of shoe boxes of promo discs, preview code, uh, you know, dev cartridges that got sent to me while I was a reviewer at Edge. And I keep promising, uh, every time I see Frank Cifaldi, uh, I promise to send them to him uh, for the video game museum um, that he runs. Uh, I haven't done that yet, but I will do at some point. I don't think there's anything spectacular there, though. Just uh, early, you know, pre-release builds of circa 2001 games. Um, what was the um, what was the story of that uh, that Sony game that got an Edge cover? Was it called well, EXO? That's you know, funny enough, that's what I was about to say. So oh, I'm sorry, sure there were many games that Edge featured early that uh, that had yeah that had so in, in some cases cover stories uh, where where they were playable to some extent, but were never. Uh, Never emerged. I was about to say, I don't remember it. So EXO specifically, I didn't have anything to do with that article. Although I believe two of our listeners worked on, didn't they? Mm. So another one of our listeners, maybe one of our listeners, half of our listener. Uh, <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know. I think I think we have an insider in the in the EXO world. So let's find out if we get any letters about that. Um, the um, the game I was going to talk about though, there is one game. One game that I previewed that never came out, and that I believe 
was with you. Ooh, was it Resident Evil on the Game Boy Color? It was not. It was Charles Cecil's Good Cop, Bad Cop. Oh, Good Cop, Bad Cop. Yes, that never came out, did it? And I thought that, genuinely thought, like, that was a phenomenal idea. I really liked at least how he sold it to me. I'm not sure yeah. if I saw anything beyond Charles's beautiful face as he <laughs> whispered the pitch to me and just held my hand on his table. I remember it talking about like it was, you know, the the idea is whether you could be you could be in this city a good cop or a bad cop, and the scales of justice, yeah, which were part the... the skyline would tip in one direction or the other. Um, went home, wrote a, you know, adequate article about it. Never came out. Maybe that was it, Steve. Maybe you didn't love it enough. <laughs> but I loved him Maybe. enough, and that's what <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's what matters. Um, there's no other letters. There's nothing. Okay, right. Just check. Well, there we go then. Thanks. Right. Thanks for your letters, Uber. It was a really good question. If anybody yeah, else has got any examples of games that they uh, were looking forward to or not yeah. that never saw the light of day, please do email email us team at onelifeleft dot com. Yeah, Zuba. You win this month's Letter Writer of the Week prize. We'll <laughs> let you know what that is on the Discord. It's probably us saying this. We're back. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Earlier in the show, I said that I was going to talk about my experiences at the arcades. Simon, uh, when was the last time you went to an arcade on a pier? Uh, pier will have been... Oh, I was in Scarborough last... Oh, no, it will have been uh, South Sea last summer. Okay. There aren't many piers around, are they? At the moment. There's, <laughs> they seem to burn down intermittently <laughs> for some reason. Yes. Uh, no, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I mean, I grew up in Bournemouth, which um, had mm-hmm. two... So I think it still does, I believe, have two piers. Uh, Boscombe Pier was the one that had the arcade at the end of it. Um, it would cost you 10p to get onto the pier. Sometimes we'd swim out to save 10p. <laughs> it's true. And that is where... Uh, I fell in love with... I mean, I remember that's where I first played Dragon's Lair. That's where I first saw the Star Wars arcade machine. Uh, fell in love with um, Ikari Warriors. Uh, all of those games up there. Tron. Um, so, yes, a uh, big fan of um, arcades. They're not like that anymore, though, Steve, are they? Well, I also uh, remember going into this same uh, arcade on Lytham Pier and also seeing Dragon's Lair there, seeing Space Harrier uh, yeah. and seeing... Uh, seeing Star Wars as well so very very similar memories but you're right uh, arcades are not the same place Uh, that said I did see some interesting interactive experiences and engaged with them this week so this is a I guess these are the video games that I've played this week Uh, it's kind of like the reviews section Um, so what did I play well uh, the deal or no deal machine for a start have you played that I have played that. So uh, that was a tokens game, was it? That's what that's what peers are generally these days. So aren't they? all uh, all of the machines are part of the token based economy, where you win tickets and exchange them for a prize, which my brother did successfully. And I'll tell you about that prize at the end okay. of this segment. Um, so so, so, so I last 
yeah, I last played that uh, with Dexter. Um, what? Where were we there? That was when we were in North Wales uh, the year before last. And uh, through growing up with uh, those types of games where you have to follow boxes, mm. I was super. Co- I was super confident that I kept my eye on the old, on the top prize. Really? Let me t- and, and let me tell you that we did. <gasps> that we that we won that we won the top prize on deal or no deal. Yeah. So the very start, the first thing it does that very fast switchy, yeah. very fast, Simon. Although I suspect that's a thing that they can turn up or down, isn't it? That's I would have thought so. Moment. Well, and what what surprised me the most about that is because you can't trust anything digital. I just assumed that they'd be sw- swapping them out anyway. But the key to that, Steve, is to is to not look at them at all. It's mm. just to it's to, to do it in your peripheral vision. Interesting. Good tip. Thank you, Simon. So played that, 7 out of 10. There were lots of machines that were basically roulette wheels, where you'd put in a quid, hit a button, and a giant roulette would spin, and you'd get, you know, 50 tickets, 10 tickets, or, as the group of kids next to us when we were playing Deal or No Deal got, 500 tickets! They hit the Whoa. jackpot. Just out tickets for ages. They were over the moon. There was a bowling alley, mini bowling alley, there was a little bumper car track at the back end. Went on that, did a couple of laps on that. Took took three quid off me, Simon. Said two oh. quid a go. That's inflation for you. I wonder whether that's in the government's basket of uh, <laughs> inflation inflation measuring uh, investments. Um, more digital. So there were a couple of those Sega games that you never hear about, the ones that are sitting... There. Oh, Let's Go Jungle. That was there. Oh. Kate, Kate's favourite uh, shooty arcade game. Okay, yep, that was there. There was a bubble shooting machine. My daughter's favourite game, she played three times, never seen it before. Um, physical game, and a lot of these games are practical. <laughs> like, like I guess um, they're games that could not exist on home consoles, which makes sense, right? Like Because these days kids have those, and so if you want to get a quid off someone, you've got to offer a different experience. Um, this, Simon, was a, how would you describe it? A booth. A little bit like oh. a little bit like the uh, Crystal Maze yeah. end of... Yeah. Do you know where I'm going with this? I so do. it's a booth. We played those, yeah. Yeah, and um, you put in a quid, hit a button in the booth, and then suddenly loads of balls drop down. Yeah. And all you have to do is tidy up as quickly as possible. Um, and for a three-year-old who is not very interested in tidying up at home, she loved it. First experience, terror, as this rain of softballs you know, came down on her. Uh, second experience was cautious joy. Third one, absolutely lost it. <laughs> Raised her head up and you know, welcomed this rain of, um, of, yeah, of soft um, softballs. So, so I, I saw some people being good at that when I was, mm-hmm. and that was in Scarborough that we saw that last. What you do, you pull open your t-shirt, and you <laughs> right. them there, just dump them in there, or you just yeah. bring a giant funnel. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that was great. Seven out of ten. Um, also played the two P machines, of course, where it's kind of like a Sisyphean task of just dropping these things in, and just as you think you're about to run out of two Ps, it drops you another 15 and then you're like okay i've got to get rid of these but a variant on that that i liked where you span them across a uh, this, this is my favorite one so there's there's cars like stick up cars driving across or they could be anything what were they in your world 
Hey, horses sometimes. Horses, and you've got to hit them in slots at the back of the at the yep. back of the grid. Again, ticket base. If you hit the back wall, you get one ticket. But there's also a slot for two, slot for four, slot for eight, and a slot for twenty. Uh, and sometimes a slot to spin the the backboard where there can be like a snakes and ladder oh, thing what? going on. Yeah, yeah. I was quite good I at mean, that one. That seemed yep. like a good investment if you're looking at. I agree. Straight up, straight up money for tickets. I 100% agree. That's what I. That's my go-to on the old coins. Is is that yeah. one? I can hit the back wall pretty much. I, I would say 80% of the time. I, I would yeah. back myself. I'm I'm new to it though, Simon. I aspire right. to being you. Um, was there anything else? I think that's the a bit a bit of air hockey, of course. Okay. Did you try any of those ones where? Uh, no. There's... Right. Sorry, the listeners, <laughs> listeners might have seen Simon just gestured on the camera. Uh, how would I describe your? You made a you made a box shape with your hands, yeah. and then you moved yeah. it left and right yeah. fast. Yeah. The game yeah. where you've got to stop it on a uh, on top of each other. Yeah. So and, that was and, a and feature at ATP, like uh, all tomorrow's parties, the music festival okay. used to go to all the time, and that is the modern equivalent of the crane machine isn't it? Because yes. fundamentally it can give you that start where you are confident you're interacting you know, and you're stopping it, but at the top level, when you've got one block and it's going fast and you have to stop it on one block, the game can decide whether it wants to make you think you've won or not. Uh, yeah, I, I have never I've never won one of those. Uh, did you see? Did you see? Is there a massive Flappy Bird one for tokens? A huge Flappy Didn't Bird uh, nope. tower Um and I th- yeah, I think so. They so they've taken some mobile phone games and put them on a huge screen right. now with one big button. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I seems saw, a bit strange. I saw a very reductive music game. There was a DDR machine, of course, it was broken, uh, but there was also a giant piano with four keys, uh, really big, hit them with both hands sort of keys, uh, and um, uh, it was two player games, so there was there was eight keys total. Um, and I was quite good at that because it's basically rhythm action. Although there's no rhythm, it's just as fast as you can. It's just bang, bang, bang. Uh, and then about about 50 seconds in, noticed I had no idea where my daughter was and I didn't want this to be a cautionary tale. So I <laughs> ended ended my game and won 14 tickets. Okay. So how many tickets did you get in total then? Well, I um, I don't know. I got about 30, I think, in total. And then gave them to my brother, went home with my daughter I was very excited to see what they would come back with, uh, with their tickets. And uh, they returned with, and this is a game that I didn't know existed, Simon. It was, what I want you to do is imagine Twister, the game Twister. As I frequently do. Imagine that game, but instead of colours, what you have are stock photo images of fast food. So it's put your left hand on the burger. Put your right foot on the kebab. That's the game. Right. Seven, What's seven it called? What's uh, it called? I don't know, but do you know what? Um, it's so low value that when uh, my partner suggested to my mother that we take it to a charity shop in Lytham, which is full of charity shops, my mum just went, no. <laughs> so, Not that's- here. Yeah, not here. So uh, maybe that can be Zubar's, Zubair's prize for being <laughs> Letter Writer of the Week. 
I wonder what's behind that idea. I mean, because the thing with Twister, right, is that it's a jokey game that I don't think anybody has ever actually played, mm. but it forms some sort of nudge-nudge innuendo where you go, well, do you want to come back to mine play Twister? <laughs> well, actually, and people sort of joke about Naked Twister as well. Again, I've never heard nor seen or anything like this, but imagine um, with the fast food names, though, if you're playing Naked Twister... <laughs> Put your right hand on the baps. <laughs> you get yourself to a lot of trouble there, Steve. Uh, what's a pizza? Anyway. <laughs> Hot dog. <laughs> Shall we get on with the reviews? <laughs> Was that not the reviews? <laughs> okay. Right, Simon. What have you been playing this week? And if the answer is nothing, why not? Well, I haven't been playing. I've had a busy week. Uh, we uh, published Trolley Problem Inc. on Thursday, and that has been my focus for the whole week. Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, you've done this, Steve. Uh, I've done it many times. Publishing a game is a unique mix of excitement and sheer terror. Um, and... Uh, in this day and age uh, where you have access to real-time um, audiences on uh, on Steam pages, on Twitch pages, etc., etc., uh, that's all you do. You just look at everything all the time. Uh, and so um, leading up to the launch, it was all about making sure that uh, we were in as good a place as, as, as possible. Um, with it, um, we were... Um, uh, yeah, get, getting a game up on stores and getting it approved. I mean, it was touch and ghosty. I tell you, Wednesday morning, we didn't know whether we were approved to launch on Thursday. <laughs> uh, oh. So that was exciting. Um, and so, yeah, and then we launched it at six o'clock on Thursday. And so I've just been watching, I've just been watching people play the game. Um, it's been, uh, it's been really good fun. Um, Northern Lion played it on Thursday evening. We had uh, maybe 17,000 people were watching him do that. Um, uh, but then on Friday night, uh, we had uh, the biggest channel on Twitch player and there were 76,000 people watching wow. him play. It does seem uh, like a very, very Twitch-friendly friendly game because if you want to engage your so this is a game which asks you basically moral problems, right? Um, and frames them yeah. around the, trolley, the trolley problem. Yes, it has. Um, so it's a it's a it's an evening sized game. That's how we describe it. Um, it'll probably take you between ninety minutes and two hours to play through. Um, it's a narrative game, right? So it's linear. Um, it asks you. Uh, everyone gets asked the same sequence of questions. Um, but it's designed to provoke conversation around each each of these questions is based on a, on, on genuine philosophical papers. So most of them are. There are some 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 sort of jokey ones in there as well, and they and they come with reference uh, points and stuff. So you could, if you're interested in in um, the history of that particular question, and you know some of them are modern interpretations of questions that are you know thousands of years old. Um, and so, uh, in that yeah, in that sense, and, and it's a game that is 
where it has a devil on your shoulder that's talking you out of whatever decision you've mm. picked. And so it's, it's constantly, it's playing the part where it's trying to talk you round, talk you out of choosing what you've picked. And then at the end of every question, you see how the rest of the world voted. And um, it's got Twitch integration, so you don't need to play it on Twitch. But if you do, um, you can either have it that your audience can show you how they would vote, but you still pick yourself, or you can hand over control entirely. And... Um, What's interesting about the game is it starts off with, as one thing and then it has a narrative arc uh, which takes in, you know, a, a number of scenarios, um, some quite dark. But ultimately, it wants people to think about the world in which we live in, the um, the idea of, of, you know, how we make our decisions. Um, uh, you know, and it's 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 quite thoughtful um, in terms of what it what it tells you at the end of it. Um, it's not for everybody, as the Steam reviews are proving. <laughs> but, uh, um, but it's been really really good seeing the reaction to it, particularly on Twitch, where people have been arguing with themselves, been arguing with the audiences, and actually um, there are some some very clever. Um, questions that that where, where 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 people will do the opposite of what they've done earlier just because it's mm. i mean it's exactly the same outcome but it's a different scenario and 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 so in in that sense that's been um that's been really good um we're at uh 63 positive so out of the i think it's 160 reviews that we have right now 63 percent of them are positive so uh 37 you you can do the math um, are negative and, and that shows it's not a game for everybody um, but but those that are getting it there are some really really lovely um, re reviews on the store where people have gone hey this game made me uh, message my grandma um, and, mm. and, and, and and you know it sort of asks yeah without giving too much away um, uh, lots of people going in and, and it's short right which we always knew was going to be a challenge you know Steam has a very consumer friendly uh, policy on um uh, players are getting uh, refunds, sort of no questions asked. If uh, and, and you can do that on any game that you buy, as long as you've 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 uh, you, you refund it within two weeks of buying it, and you haven't played it for more than two hours. And if you've got a game that you can finish in an hour and a half, uh, that that presents uh, that presents a a, a moral question in itself, <laughs> and, and 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 and, yeah. and that is one that that we actually do try and address in the game as well. Like yeah. so, so, the game will ask you not to refund it during the game. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's you know I'm I'm really happy with with how it's gone. Um, I would I'd like I'd like um, I'd like the reviews to be slightly more on the positive side um, in terms of the sheer numbers. But actually, when you read them, as I have been doing, as well, I haven't been playing any games. Uh, you know, those that get it, we recognise it's not a game for everybody. But those that get it. And, or then find the subject interesting, or the rest of it seem 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 to really take it to their heart. But so. that's 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 the issue, I think, with Steam. <laughs> that's one of the issues with Steam reviews is that there is no nuance in a in a thumbs up or thumbs down. Not that there is in a number either, or, or any way of appraising someone's feelings about something just by going, yeah, they liked it or they didn't like it, because yeah. you can make a softly you know, mediocre but pleasant uh, game and you can get 100% positive feedback and never affect anyone's life in any way, never change anything and just be okay and inoffensive and good and you can end up with 100% uh, 100 on Steam. Or 
you can make something that finds its audience and finds it all finds its audience by driving some people away and for the 60 percent or 70 percent or 20 percent who love it they love it unconditionally because this is for them um and i would far rather do that like that's for me is i was talking about this somewhere else today like for me happiness as a creator uh comes down to two things one making something that you can reflect on in five years and go yeah that wasn't a waste of time i made something good and i added to the sum total of good things in the world and two to understand who it's for like understand that this is your audience and these are the people you care about making happy and if those people are happy then the wider world sure some other people will be happy as well and some other people will hate it and some people won't play it and all of that but if you make the people who you're targeting happy then you couldn't have done anything more that's the thing you've made the right thing um and yeah uh, i am going to stream it i think I think, Are you? Like, I think it seems like I, I really enjoyed streaming and I haven't streamed for a while and I think this sounds like the sort of game that I would like to engage with with my six regular viewers. So. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, there have been some really, really valuable comments about people going, huh, that's an interesting game and that's ultimately what we try to do. Uh, if you do buy it, Steve, just don't refund it at the end of it, okay? Or take longer than two hours to stream it, please. So, perfection being boring uh, which is a you know <laughs> i love flaws which is a thing that one life left has lived by for 16 or 17 years uh elden ring oh my journey continues uh or, or was continuing before i left to come to the north where there are no computers uh i uh i'm further in simon and i'm starting wow. to enjoy it and understand the systems uh i think the structure of this takes away from some of the stuff that I didn't like about um, uh, Dark Souls or Bloodborne or, or previous things where it's, this is a little bit less linear. If I want to just gallop across fields for uh, 20 minutes I can. If I can find some low level bad guys and grind towards some minor objective I can do that as well and just feel good and powerful even though I'm not good or powerful. Uh, I'm enjoying the humour buried in the world. Some of it is from the creators but lots of it is just funny idiots leaving messages around the world <laughs> genuinely enjoying uh, and sometimes those messages really really add to the game um, it, there's always this tension right where the messages can be so any player can leave anything in this huge world and they say amazing treasure ahead or jump now and you'll find something and you jump off a cliff and you die right and that's the trolling aspect of it but it's actually not like that like i haven't found many incidents of those which would catch you out right there's a lot of things that say jump here and they're always there's a message behind them saying this is lying or whatever most of it there's people looking after you and that said you're still suspicious and i was wandering around the other day found a what looked like a big stone observatory in the middle of a wood and it's being a bit cautious you've always got to be cautious you're always seconds away from dying and entered the building and there was a plinth in the middle and the plinth just had this kind of blue glow around it now do you stand on it or do you not and what you do is you read the message that a player has written about it and it says um it said something incredible ahead <laughs> and that doesn't help right because you know 
obviously they want you to think it's incredible and then you step into the blue light and it rips you limb from limb and it says you died and you're like, okay, good. But you do it anyway. And I walked onto the plinth and I, you know, felt the ground started to shake and then sure enough it starts to descend and I'm like, right, so there's going to be a minotaur or something and it's going to gore me and it's going to say you died. And so it starts to sink and I'm bracing myself to start rolling and dodging and unleashing unleashing all my magic from across the... Uh, across the other side of the room and then dying keep doing that it keeps sinking and then it keeps sinking and it goes further and it goes further than you expected to do even having said it goes further it keeps sinking for what seems like a minute or two minutes past different strata and layers and then suddenly just stops and then you're in this new world and you've no idea how big this new world is um, as you know you can see a uh, you know, a house on a hill and you can see like this, this underworld, you look up and you can see kind of stars glittering things. And it was incredible. It felt incredible. And I'm not really amazed at that moment, but amazed at the moment gifted to me by the person who left behind the sign, which made that moment feel better. It made me feel like there was someone with their hand on my shoulder saying, you're going to see something amazing now. And I'm with you. And that felt really good. Uh, seven out of 10. Simon, I'm so who'd sorry, I'm running over. I'm running over. We're running over. Who'd have thought? Well, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought that uh, you that, that in that turn of events? I know. I know. I'm I'm looking forward to playing it. Uh, but yes, you're right. We're right up against it. We have to go. Okay. Uh, nice to see you all. Thanks, Resonance. Thanks everyone for listening. And until next week, goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>